What's going on, ladies and gents? Robert Sykes, KetoSavage.com, and I've got special guest and client Alan Reeves on the line today. He just competed in a bodybuilding competition in which he freaking just took took it by storm all while doing a ketogenic diet. Um, so without further ado, how are you, Alan? How you doing, bro? Nice to talk to you, Robert. Uh, likewise, man. Likewise. So, anybody that's listening has probably picked up on the fact that you've got an accent. Where are you coming from? Yeah, I've got a little accent going on here. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm in London, in uh, in the UK. In the UK, man. What's it, what's it like? Uh, is the keto space pretty big there? Not really. Not yet. It, it's growing. It's growing every month, but um, not not many people know about it. There's what do you think it is? Just there's a couple of doctors that's making a few headlines in a minute. Uh, Doctor Asim Malhotra, he's uh, he's making a stir on Facebook, telling everybody um, to throw away their statins and eat more fat, uh, which is uh, strange coming from a cardiologist. Yeah, that's no, good though. I mean, it's that's headway right there. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But um, as keto goes in the gym, people know low carb, but they don't really know what keto is. Right, right. Well, what what got you into keto, man? What was your uh, introduction to it, and kind of just give us a little little bio, a little background on you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, as you say, um, I've been training now since I was eighteen, seventeen, eighteen, which is uh, almost thirty years ago. Um, so that you can work out my age now. So I'm nearly forty six, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. um, I was training, and uh, I, I was in a group. Uh, I joined a group called the Dream Boys, which I guess you've heard of the Chippendales, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, we was the original ones in the UK. We was here before the Chippendales, and then the Chippendales took the UK by storm in the 90s, and I guess it helped us to get even bigger as well. So dancing around in scantily clad outfits? Pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dressing like Richard Gere and then taking them off with... A piece of velcro down the side of your trousers was pretty much every night <laughs> that is, uh, I'm, I'm sure you've seen a lot in that profession for sure yeah well i didn't do it for too long only 10 years so <laughs> uh, only 10 years yeah i bet you have all kinds of stories probably some of which are not <laughs> probably not yeah. rated yeah, this, for this audience this is a family show <laughs> <laughs> So, but, so what was your what was your nutrition like doing that? I mean, obviously you have to look good, you know, taking all the all the clothes off. You want to look you you want to look. So, yeah, what, what yeah, was your what was your nutrition like? I mean, I was typical, just learning as we go. Obviously, no internet, learning from the older guys. I was the youngest. I was only like nineteen, twenty when I started, and the other the other boys would be like twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven. So, a lot more experienced in the gym and and nutrition. But back then it was get a Tupperware tub, fill it full of pasta and tuna or chicken and graze on that all day. Train, mm -hmm. drink some protein, which was really nasty back then. But uh, egg whites, liquid egg whites, we would drink. Jeez. And uh, it didn't make you very good in the bathroom, put it that way. But, but you used to drink it all the time and eat and eat and eat. It's a, It's kind of crazy, man. Like you look at just like the old school mentality and, and way of thinking, you know, how to build muscle, how to look lean back then. We've just learned so much, you know, from yeah, a scientific yeah. and like a research and just honestly, just trial and error, self-experimentation standpoint since then. I mean, it's crazy how far we've come. Yeah, it really is. And the physiques, when you look at the Mr. Olympia, like yesterday, the, uh, the classic physique, they are going back to, to, to the Arnold days. It looks so much better how they were back then. And now they've just mm -hmm. got too big. They've just got too monstrously big, whether it's supplements. I don't know if steroids have changed much over the years. I think they just perhaps take more of them. But yeah. uh, but they turned into freakish monsters like five, ten years ago. And to me, the, the classic shape is, is the best look, which seems to be coming back. I agree. Yeah. I think I think um, they've taken it to the extremes. That's just human nature, no? We We... We try and push the envelope as much as we can. That oftentimes winds up with a less than desirable look, you know. Yeah, for sure. 
Well, I was training, and then I remember wanting to to get really ripped for for you know for a tour that we was going on. So, and and I I picked up a book, and it was uh, some some training book, but it had a a diet which they called high low carb diet, and uh, it taught you to take low carb for three days, and then on the fourth day you would do high carb. Uh, it was pretty much the ketogenic diet. They even taught you to get the keto sticks to urate, urinate on them and test your ketones. That was the first experience of that. And that was back in 1994, 95. Mm-hmm. So it's nothing new. This has been around for forever. But obviously now we've got the resurgence of it. It came back in the later 90s with the Atkins diet, um, which everybody was going high protein, high fat. But uh, right. he di- he didn't take into account the the quality of the protein or or the fat. He was pretty much munch on anything, sort of just go to McDonald's, throw the bun away, and you're good to go. Whereas now the ketogenic diet, I think, is completely different. Completely different. It's not a high protein diet. You got me down to well, I was taking what seventy five grams of protein a day. Mm-hmm. I used to do that in I used to do that in a drink. Yeah, yeah, I got you down pretty low. It's kind of crazy, man. Like I, I look at you know your spreadsheet, you know, because you're welcome me as doing your macros. Like I look at your spreadsheet right now, and you know, seeing how low we took you on protein. And then when I did my competition, I went down to sixty five grams. So I was ten ten grams lower than you, and yeah, it's just yeah. it's just crazy because I also came from the background of you know you got to have high protein to build muscle and to maintain muscle. So it was like totally opposite end of the spectrum there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, I followed your background as well. And, um, you know, it, it's just, just the opposite of what we've been taught. And uh, when I say this to people, they just, they think you're crazy, basically. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, the results that you saw were pretty crazy. Yeah, I couldn't have been happier with the results, to be honest. I came first in the over 45 category. Uh, I think you convinced me and my posing coach convinced me to enter all categories. Because originally, mm-hmm. I only entered the over 45. Me, I thought it ticked the box. The show was quite local in London. It was my age. I thought, oh, what the heck? I, I always wanted to do one. Let's have a go. And uh, halfway through the prep, I decided to enter all the categories, which I'm glad I did now because I came second in the over 35, which obviously they was 10 years younger than me. And then I came third in the overall uh, over 18 category of over 75 kilo muscle uh, fitness model category, which that was unbelievable. These guys was was your age, you know, yeah, young yeah, enough to, young enough to be my son. Yeah, it, it's kind of <laughs> crazy, man. Like you sent me those. Well, obviously throughout the prep, you know, you were sending me the photos and whatnot. But then, like after the the competition, I posted that picture you sent, uh, the professional photography. Um, yeah, photo yeah. and on my Instagram and it was I mean people were like this guy cannot be you know 45 years old and you don't I mean you don't look like you're 45 years old like your skin I mean everything like you look like you're 20 25 yeah, years I mean, old. that photo is unedited as well because that they're the raw copies we got and I haven't chose any yet to um because I guess he gives them a little a little uh higher exposure or whatever but they're the they're the original edits you know there's there's nothing on that that's how it is. But I tell you what, if you look at my pictures on Instagram, uh, three or four years ago, I didn't look that young. Because um, you, you, were, you were heavier then too. Yeah, I was 106.4 kilos was my uh, heaviest. But I was trying to get as heavy as possible. I was just in that powerlifting mode and get big, get big, get big. Which, as you get mm-hmm. older, the size is easier to get on because you put weight on. Right, right. I'm going to convert that real quick just to satisfy my curiosities. So 106.4 kilograms, you said? Yeah, yeah. All right, so that is 234 pounds. Yeah, 235 pounds, Um, which is is what I bulked up to when I was in my bulking season, you know, before keto and eating carbs. And, man, 230 pounds is – because how tall are you? We're pretty – I think we're pretty – I'm 5'11", 5'10 and a half. What one eighty in centimeters? We a lot of people so use you're a little taller. Yeah, yeah. Us, us, us Americans are so backwards. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so two hundred thirty pounds, man. For for you and me both, it's just it's just too much weight. You know, you walk yeah. around, it's just uncomfortable. What body fat was you? Do you think when you was two thirty five? Oh shoot, man! I was 
28, 29, maybe even 30%. It was bad. Yeah, I think I was the same. Uh, I think I was the same. I know my jeans I used to wear was 34s. Um, mm-hmm. And then recently, when I went keto, it went to 32s, 31s, 30s, 29, 28. And now they even fall off. 28s is, is too big. That's that's mind-boggling. So, so <laughs> your skin, when you were at 230... It it probably didn't have like the thin, you know, youthful look that it does now, right? No, definitely not. It was more inflamed and puffy and, you know, the bags under the eyes, the dark circles was definitely more there. Although some wrinkles disappear because your face becomes rounder, you know, but as I've got smaller, some of the wrinkles have gone anyway. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny, man. Like I look... Like when I diet down for competition, I lose all that weight. You know, I, I lose it in my face first, it seems. Um, and you just, like your skin just becomes tighter, but you don't have all the the inflammation. Like everything's just crisper. Um, yeah. But, in the but last for two you, weeks of my prep, I think some people were saying, wow, your face now is too skinny. But there was the yeah. close friends that see me every day and it's just like, wow, you look ill now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's definitely like right there at the end, especially. I mean, you just have like no you know, no excess in your face, uh, yeah, which I think, I think is kind of cool. <laughs> like, I like it, yeah. but most people don't. Yeah, I, I've most never been that lean before. I think um, I, I could always be a 8, 9, 10% when I was, uh, you know, in my 20s anyway, eating McDonald's. Mm-hmm. I was just genetically gifted in that way, sort of mesomorph uh, frame. And, uh, you know, I, th- I think you need a little hand in this stuff with genetics. It does make your life a lot easier. Oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I was just amazed at how lean and like vascular you got because you you were sending pictures throughout the prep. And, you know, it's it's kind of cool. Like the older you get, you tend to have more vascularity in some spots, but then significantly less vascularity in other parts. But you were just I mean, everywhere all over more and more vascular each and every picture you sent each and every week that went by and your skin just kept getting thinner and thinner. It was just strange. Every day I would just look down at your legs and see all these veins popping out when you're in the sauna at the gym and just think, geez, this can't be real. It's uh, it's crazy. But, uh, yeah, but also cool. I've never been that lean, I don't think. you know, I didn't think I could get that lean again at, at my age. But now uh, when I won uh, that, that uh, show and then I came second in, I got a pro card, first ever attempt. So... There's a big pro show now in eight weeks' time. I think, well, it's seven and a half weeks' time now. And uh, it's the World Championship. So I decided tonight, I've got to do it, man. You've got to You're going to do it? I've got to do it. Well, I'll help you. I'll help you. I'm, I'm glad because I didn't know. <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad I'm hearing it here first, man. You yeah, yeah, do it? yeah. You're hearing it first. I haven't told anybody yet. All right. Seven and a half weeks, man. We, we can make it happen. We just got to get your calories dialed back down. You kind of... Decided yeah. to splurge a little bit after the I show. Did. Yeah, yeah, I did. I dialed it in today, actually. But, and it's from yesterday. But, I mean, we can talk about this carb refeed, which, you know, I, I thought I'd try it. Um, everybody was obviously doing carbs on the day of the show. But a lot of people were struggling, drinking, not drinking water, sucking ice cubes, and just feeling terrible. I was there drinking like a liter and a half of water, and I was feeling great. But so I did, before, I did yeah, feel dive into that. Yeah, I did feel that the pump was better the night before when I had the anchovies. Remember, mm-hmm. and uh, the veins was popping out, and the pump was there. But obviously, I didn't try to maintain that pump. That was only there for you know until a, a half an hour. And then I went to bed. But obviously, the next day you were trying to get pumped from what? When do we start the show? It's like eleven a.m. until. 6 p.m. It's a mm-hmm. long time. It's a long time. And uh, I, I didn't recarb at all for the shot. I didn't have any, as you know. Yeah, I think with your body being just like so responsive, man, we probably could have increased your sodium and your fat a little bit more than what we did on show day itself. Like maybe had another can of the anchovies to get the sodium in and then yeah. maybe had like a couple more fat bombs, especially in between the pre-judging and the night show. Yeah, yeah, increase the calories maybe uh, quite a bit. Because I told you before the power, I was losing weight at 2,600. Yeah, yeah, that that was another shocker for me. Like when you first started working with me, you told me what your current caloric intake was. <laughs> yeah. 
And I was just amazed because you were at that point, I believe, what, a month and a half out? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Seven weeks, something like that. Seven and seven and a half. Yeah. And your calories were still, you know, considerably north of 2,000 calories. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And you two were still six. losing. Two six. Yeah. But, that's that's uh, insane. But this carb refeed yesterday, I, uh, I did like 40 grams of fat, pretty much the opposite of what you would do. And I did 350 carbs. Sweet potato, oats, white rice mainly. Um, when I used to do cyclical keto, which was the first year of my keto, which was what almost three years ago, I used to do that every Sunday, and I quit that because I would do the carbs on Sunday, and then Monday I would be thinking about carbs until the following Sunday. Mm-hmm. L- literally every day, can't wait until Sunday. Can't wait until Sunday because I'm refeeding. I'm refeeding, and that is not good. Obviously, you were still a carb addict. Right, exactly. And then the day of the refeed, back then, I would eat the carbs. Two hours later, I'm starving, eat the carbs. Two hours later, starving and tired, not full of energy. But yesterday, it was the exact opposite. And this is the first carbs I've had in 18 months. Yesterday, I was like running on nitrous. It was unbelievable, like two dual fuel. I went to the gym. I was super strong. I trained for an hour and a half, um, just weights nonstop. I was super strong. And the pump lasted all day. I wasn't starving. I could easily control the hunger. I stopped eating at 8 o'clock that night, whereas before, I would have to eat right until I went to bed. And then this this morning, I weighed myself. I only gained half a kilo. Which That's impressive, before, man. I used to I used to gain two point five kilos. What's that? Five mm-hmm. pounds that night easily. This time, yeah. just two. It makes no sense to me. I think because I've I've actually thought about this quite a bit because I've had several clients, you know, that will they'll be keto with me and they'll like decide to to try carbs or they will have tried carbs in the past and they'll want to do keto with me or. Just, you know, over the years of listening to people's experimentation and whatnot, I seem to, to notice a pattern in that, you know, when you when you introduce like a carbohydrate-based meal or you try to do cyclical keto after only doing keto for a couple months, you're almost, you know, doomed. Like it's just not going to so, be enough yeah. time. Yeah, it's just not optimal. But, you know, you, for instance, having gone 18 months prior to having a single carb-based meal, like you've given your body the time it needs to become fully adapted, you're much more metabolically flexible, and you can really kind of leverage what your body's norm is and then use carbs as like an acute supplement as opposed to like some chronic addiction. Exactly. I think this is what they call metabolic flexibility. Because when you look at, did you look at my Instagram today? Uh, This morning I woke up to 0.3 ketones which I swore yeah. there would be zero. There was 0.3. Um, by five o'clock today, this evening, there was one point up. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's crazy, man. It, it's pretty cool though, because like, it's impressive to see that you're able to eat that many carbs and bounce back so quickly. But even more impressive yeah. than that is the fact that you didn't have the cravings or the hunger spike or just like the psychological setbacks that come yeah, with eating the I carbs. didn't have anything this time. No brain fog, no bad mood, no bad temper. I can only say it was the exact opposite. I felt super good, super clear brain, the exact opposite. And uh, I, it shocked me completely. But uh, it must it's be kind to of- do with before I was insulin resistant uh, mm-hmm. because I used to test my uh, blood in the morning. I was definitely uh, high on the pre-diabetic, on the glucose. Whereas uh, this afternoon I tested it, it was like 4.4, which is what's that? That's like 80 something. Um, but I must have become insulin sensitive and, it, and it's doing its job before it didn't do yes. its job. Exactly. You know, giving yourself that time necessary to, to fully adapt to keto and making fat the new norm and the primary fuel source and then introducing carbs very strategically like that. The thing is, you know, you tell that to people and all they hear is what they want to hear, which is you feel really good, dual fuel, carbs necessary, and then they jump into doing a cheat meal like that or like a carb refeed after, you know, being exactly, keto for three man. weeks. I, I see know. Jeremy Buendia 
on uh, Instagram yesterday and he's got his Dunkin' Donuts and, you know, about 12 of them is eating and ice cream. That is exactly what I didn't do. It was sweet potato, dry. Baked mm-hmm. potato, dry. White rice, tin of tuna, dry. There was nothing, um, as in sweetness. Was yeah, it, wasn't, it wasn't a that's... cheat. It was completely strategic carb feeding. And when you do that, you're able to actually, you know, know with relative certainty how and why your body is responding the way it is. Whereas if you introduce all the sugars and the processed foods, like there's just so many variables thrown to the mix that it's it just skews yeah. all the data that you would get. I really wanted to eat yesterday some bananas because I used to be like addicted to bananas. I used to eat like like five or six every day <laughs> uh, three yeah. years ago, but I haven't eaten one for three years. So. But I didn't eat any yesterday. I, I was worried about the fructose because I know fructose doesn't spike insulin, but it is processed in the liver. Mm-hmm. So, so I just thought I'm going to stick to the uh, to the plain carbs of white potato, sweet potato, white rice. Yeah, that was probably a wise move. I, I, the more I learn about fructose, the more I realize that I don't ever want it in my body. <laughs> yeah, There's just yeah, no yeah. benefit to it. I know, and I always thought that that was the the, the best sugar. Oh, yeah, fruit, mm-hmm. eat fruit. I used to drink smoothies, make them all the time, every day. Loads and loads of green smoothies, but not the, the, the green was a, a little bit, but really it was full of, you know, banana, apple, pineapple, strawberries, berries, everything. The only real benefit to having fructose, like the only thing it can do that's you know, superior to glucose is basically replenish your liver glycogen faster but that's kind of like a like a non-issue like if you're like resistance training for instance and you go through an intense exercise and you're wanting to replenish glycogen if that is your goal then that's going to occur naturally through you know a 24-hour window as you're eating foods throughout the day anyways so there's no benefit to really replenishing liver glycogen specifically in a shorter amount of time yeah so there's no need to it exactly now, exactly. obviously, I've read all the studies that uh, our glycogen is replenished anyway, like from the faster study. Mm. But why do I get a better pump from taking the carbs? Today, I felt like I was like seven, eight pounds heavier. I wasn't, but I felt it. And looking in the mirror, whether that is just my own eyes playing tricks, but I certainly felt pumped all day. And I've not had one carb today. I've been zero carbs today. I've been carnivore. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of it, honestly, is just, you know, when you have those those fast digesting carbs like you did with the sweet potato and the white rice, you know, those are all very, you know, highly insulinemic, you know, high glucose, high high glycemic index carbs, your body is going to, you know, the, the sugars in there, it's just, it's an interesting reaction, man. Like, that's why a lot of competitors that are following a standard bro diet They'll have, you know, like the, the syrups and the jellies and stuff on yeah, their, yeah. their rice cakes because that sugar, it just causes like an almost immediate response. It increases blood flow. Uh, I remember like the first time I did a, a carbohydrate-based keto, like keto, or not keto, but high-carbohydrate high contest prep, I uh, after the show was over, I ate a cheesecake and all the sugar in that cheesecake, man, like my vascularity just, it was, it was weird. It was freaky. But to me... That doesn't outweigh the benefits of keto once I get keto really dialed in because I can almost exactly mimic that same response with the right ratio of you know just yeah, fats and okay. salt. Um, but it it everybody's a little bit different. So you have to kind of really figure out that that sweet spot of fat and salt to mimic I that think same response. The the uh, the age difference in me and you as well because yeah. All different foods react differently. I listened to a podcast yesterday and it, it said there was no healthy foods. It's a healthy gut. And if, if, the, if the food, one, one thing, one man's food is another man's poison because your gut might react differently by eating that piece of broccoli. And this is the problem I've been having, isn't it? The last, uh, the last since I started the prep, this stomach pain, which I had, mm. I never had before. And it's still not 100% healed. It's, it's a lot better, to 100% better today because I've had no vegetable. But I, I used to eat a lot of salads, olives, avocado. Since I tapered that down for the prep, it turns out I can't eat it now. 
Yeah, I've noticed, and I actually just published a YouTube video on this, but when, because this, this is relevant for people that are trying to like carnivore diet or whatnot, but when you go from one extreme to the other with regards to how much of your, you know, diet consists of, you know, vegetation, greens, fibrous foods, you know, there's a, there's a significant adjustment period for your gut to yeah, adjust yeah. and adapt to pretty much a carnivorous style diet of just proteins and fats versus one high in, you know, vegetation. And it takes, it's similar to kind of like the keto flu, like you have to give your body the time it needs to adapt. And the same is true with your gut and switching from, you know, vegeta vegetation to carnivore or vice versa. Yeah, because I went from eating at least two big salads a day, two plates of olives and avocado every day. Have you noticed quick. any other any other differences? Like, have you noticed anything adverse or, or beneficial from, you know, when you were adapted to the to the vegetation versus when you were doing more or less a carnivore approach? That's a good question. And um, I think that's why you should journal everything, but it's hard to, to remember how you used to feel. I mean, today I felt fantastic. And I didn't know if it was because of the, uh, the refeed yesterday or the fact that I had no stomach issues today. Uh, I didn't eat much today, uh, to be honest, at all. But uh, until the main meal, which was just roast lamb and everybody else had all the other bits, uh, I just had lamb. That was it. But lots of it. Lots mm -hmm. of the fat. And that's all I've really eaten uh, since since this morning. But now I've had super energy today. So I don't know. What is your um, What is your intentions for introducing a carbohydrate refeed? going forward like is that something that you want to incorporate or would you put more of an emphasis on you know tweaking the the fat and sodium a little bit more well i mean uh, th there was nothing negative that came from this carb refeed yesterday there was no cravings mm -hmm. i was actually craving butter i couldn't wait to have my uh, fatty tea or, or coffee this morning i really couldn't i, I think i was just dying for the fat you know Mm -hmm. um, whereas before, when I was doing it regularly, I didn't have that craving. So I obviously wasn't more keto adapted back then. But now, uh, you know, I, I could do a keto, a carb refeed this Sunday. I could leave it. It's not on my mind at all. That's good. That's really the good. only reason I did it was to see if it was going to be beneficial for this show. Um, and I didn't have any bloat this morning. And I still maintain the pump. I just bought some uh, citrulline mallet, mm -hmm. um, which I thought I'm not going to take it today because I wanted to see what pump I got from the carbs. But tomorrow I'm going to have no carbs in me. So uh, I thought about taking that to see if it helps with pumps. What do you think? Have you taken that? Yeah, I've taken it's in a lot of the pre-workouts, especially here in the States. Yeah. A lot of the you know pre-workouts and pump products have yeah, the citrulline. I, I don't take any pre-workout, you see. I only like a bit of caffeine or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think it'd be worth a shot for sure. You you would want to kind of acclimate to it. Like a lot of the pre-workouts, I don't know if you just, did you get pure citrulline malate? Yeah. Okay, yeah, that should be fine. A lot of the pre-workouts have, um, beta shoot, I'm just, um, yeah, like the beta alanine, which I'm not a huge fan of for keto. It's just one of the more glucogenic amino acids. And, they they just like they make me make my skin tingle, man. It just makes me itchy <laughs> and it flushes me. And you don't want that if you're about to step on stage because no. then you start sweating through your tan and it's just not a good look. Yeah, yeah. I used to quite like those tingles to be fair. It used to be in one called NO Explode that mm -hmm. we used to yep. have here. And uh I think it was full of ephedrine back in the day as well, which used to make you really tingle, but they they banned that. In the nineties, yeah, it's <laughs> it's kind of crazy all the stuff that they've banned. It's it's it's, it's mind-boggling to me that there's so many pre-workouts and supplements that are just over the counter that have these you know drugs or you know yeah, um, well, it, for instance, as an example. It's quite unregulated you know, though the uh, supplement industry. It's especially in America, I believe. Yeah, it's it's very very lax and. I don't know. It's, it's kind of like they do some shady business, man. They'll, they'll put some stuff in there that makes you more inclined to to want to get some more of it because the results are so good. Yeah. And then lo and behold, they'll test it and they'll find it pops for some kind of, you know, testosterone well, boost. Uh, yeah. This is 100% uh, citrulline mallet, two to one, it says. 
Yeah, yeah, you're totally fine with that. There shouldn't be any anabolic steroids in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, uh, this, this, uh, they didn't test me for this show, but I was perfectly natural. They could have tested me, so uh, I was happy to say that. Yeah, that, that's something to be proud of, man. Like it's, it's again, I have nothing against you know competitors that choose to go that route. Um, yeah, yeah, me too. For me, me though, too. it's yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just for me though, it's like I want to see what my body is capable of you know, completely natural without any kind of outside external variables that, you know, would enhance my performance superficially. Yeah, yeah, for I sure. want to see what I can do by myself. As I told you before the show, I'd already won because I did this for me. It was for nobody else. I just wanted to step on stage just to be amongst that crowd. So it took me back to being on stage 20, 25 years ago, obviously slight different uh, audience, but <laughs> pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. My children was in the audience now, so uh, and the youngest boy is only two years old, so he was screaming away. But no, it was one of the best moments of my life. No, it, it is really exhilarating, man. Like, and for someone that's never done a competition or has never, you know, been alongside been alongside somebody that has, it's it's just uh, it's a strange sport. Like, you know, it's hard to understand. But when you're up on stage and you've you've put in that work and you know what all you've done to get there. I mean, there is, nah, there, there's no greater feeling that I've experienced. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll tell you one thing though, the, the boys behind the backstage, every competitor was so friendly to each other, helping each other, giving everybody tips or drinks or tan or, or oil. It was really, really a, a camaraderie it was brilliant. That's what you want, man. There's a lot of competitions, a lot of federations uh, where that is definitely not the case and everybody's kind of got their clicks and everybody's just out for themselves. So when you when you go to a competition where everybody's, you know, got the camaraderie and everybody's truly trying to help the other person, the other competitor, you know, yeah. they might be at each other's throats on stage battling out for number one, you know, in Maybe 10 because minutes. because it was the that, amateur uh, division and the next division is the pro division that so I'll be doing. So maybe that's completely different. <laughs> I was thinking, have maybe, a drink. Maybe. Like, no way. <laughs> get your own. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, get your own. We're out for ourselves here. Yeah, yeah. But no, that's what you want, man. That makes the sport much more fun when you just have that, that companionship backstage. I think I got a bit more respect than, uh, than the average person because I was the oldest person in the show. So... Uh, yeah. I mean you that know. alone. I mean I'm 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 impressed, man. Like forty five years old. Like I hope I look as good as you at forty five. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> Thanks. Well you will on keto. You you stopped aging five years ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean it, it truly is the fountain of youth, man. You're a perfect illustration of that. Definitely. Oh, uh, sure. I did on my post before I ages backwards. It's, it's I look younger at forty five than I did at forty two. <laughs> And I think that's a combination of a couple things, but the fact that you're keto for one, and then the fact that you resistance train is the other. Like those two things combined, is honestly the best combination I could possibly think of for for longevity purposes. Yeah, I I, I agree. I totally agree. And I, I never had. I never used to train at uh, six a.m. Uh, I used to hate training it or getting up in them. But I used to like to you know have a little glass of wine at night, stay up late go to bed 12 1 but since i had the children and then i became keto i had to get more energy because three children is uh it's really hard work and now i get mm -hmm. up five do the training and then i'm back to get them up and do the school run you yeah know, so it, you're staying busy oh yeah yeah that's why tonight i we had to do this late in uk time to, to get them to sleep first <laughs> So, so are they like? I'm curious. What is your take on keto for, like, your children? Do you do you plan on you know kind of talking to them about that lifestyle and how to eat <laughs> properly? Like, what's your take? Yeah, they especially the older two. They all know about carbs and um, how I don't eat them. And uh, yesterday was quite. Uh, we went for dim sum because my wife's Chinese, so uh, I've been going to these places and not eating hardly anything for the last couple of years so yesterday i could eat what they presented to me and uh you know the oldest daughter's looking at me and shot you're gonna eat that rice i'm like yeah today's carb day it's carb day trust me it's okay and uh she was uh she was quite shocked but but she doesn't eat well she knows she doesn't eat too much sweets she doesn't ever drink any fizzy drinks they only really ask for water 
um, which I yeah. guess I, I, I'd forced that on them. Uh, she used to have a Coke, but she never drank it. She just liked it. Mm-hmm. So she liked to order it because it was a little bit naughty, but she didn't really like it. So, so I'm happy with that. But Very it's, good. An, it's Very inevitable good. they're exposed to so much rubbish, the kids. What I hate is restaurants, and you go to a restaurant, and the kids' menu is so terrible. It's a slice of pizza, mm-hmm. three nuggets, um, or everything is bad for, with chips for kids. And yet the, the adults can have a nice taglatelli pescatori or something, or salmon with mash, whereas the kids, it's just nuggets and chips. Yeah, it is. It is just crazy, man. Like, you look at the – and it's really bad here in the States, too. I don't know how it compares between the U.K. and the States, but here in the States, it's – I mean, there is no healthy kid menu that I've ever seen. I mean, I think the best way to go about it would be to just order off the adult menu and then, you know, cut up the the portion size. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I think America, I read a lot about America, and you've got, like, the most chemicals in food if you just go into the normal places. But then if you go to the organic place, you've got also the best choice of food. So you've got one extreme to the other. It just depends which road you want to go down, I think. In, in the US. Yeah, I agree. I think sadly, though, there's so much of the population here is just ignorant as to, you know, what is good versus what is bad, because there there's just no distinct line drawn in the sand, basically. I mean, you and, have that you have that uh, section of food that they call grass, generally regarded yeah. as safe, the chemical. There's 10,000 chemicals mm-hmm. in that that's not been tested that they just put in there. And it's in like the queue to get tested, apparently. And it's it's unbelievable. Like they've got wood chippings in fries and uh, yoga mat rubber in 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 donuts and things. It's not yeah. It, it, <laughs> if there, there's much of an ingredient label or ingredient list, I tend to just steer away from it completely because I just I just don't want it. Like it's just noise to my system, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I heard on a podcast this morning about Whole Foods putting canola oil all over their food because it makes it yeah, last somebody longer. Actually messaged me that, somebody messaged me that uh, today, actually, because I went to Whole Foods yesterday and I got a big whole salad. Um, if you look, like they have the ingredient list of the foods because like, they'll have like the, the salad bar, they'll have like a, like a hot food bar. And if you look at the ingredients, canola oil is in most of them. So I don't really get anything from the hot food bar because it's all just yeah, it's kind yeah. of crazy, man. Like they'll have like chicken wings or like a rib or brisket, and there'll be twenty five ingredients there, which is you know you go to Whole Foods and you're expecting to get quality Whole Foods, right? And the, you know the, <laughs> the beef brisket instead of beef and you know salt, it's like twenty five ingredients of which a lot of it is canola oil or some kind of polyunsaturated you know fat. I so, think you uh, you can eat out on keto for sure, but. I have definitely, uh, I eat in a lot more than I used to. And I never used to yeah. cook. My my wife used to cook the food and I never used to cook anything. Um, now I probably cook 80% of the food because ketones yeah. are so, it's the easiest food to cook in the whole world. It takes you five it minutes is. to cook a steak. Yep. Little, it little is. bit it's... of salad, a bit of uh, macadamia oil, olive oil or few olives jumped on that's it and then and the benefit from that is you know exactly what's going into your food like i can't even go to a, a high-end steakhouse here in the states and know with certainty that they didn't put some kind of you know steak sauce on there that's got yeah. you know molasses or something in there they, they probably is, cook it in rapeseed oil or canola oil as well uh, put a mm-hmm. bit of that on it because it's cheap exactly so for me like I, i'll gladly pay the extra dollars and you know, forego the the pleasure of having somebody else prepare my food. I'll do it myself if it ensures that I can know with certainty what's going into my body. Yeah, I got to try one of them cookers that I've seen on your uh, YouTube. That that thing in the water with the steak. Oh, the sous vide. Yeah, is that cool? Yeah, the the cool thing about that is that it it regulates the temperature consistency. So. The, the steak is basically like you can, it's, it's got an app on your phone so you can select, you know, what yeah, you know, degree right. of doneness you want the, the steak cooked at and then it just holds that temp steady. So the entire steak gets cooked at medium rare, for instance, from, you know, edge to edge. And then you can just, you know, sear it however you like, whether it be on a grill yeah. or, you know, yeah, on a skillet cool. and then you're good to go. 
Although, to be fair, I've become a bit of an expert at, at cooking a steak medium rare. It's once you get the same steak from the same supplier, the same cut, and you eat it two or three times a day, you get pretty good at it. <laughs> no, that's that's for sure. Well, what is your preferred cooking method? I use a pan, um, a frying pan. It's like a hot iron one. I, I, I get it really hot. Little bit of beef. I get some organic beef tallow, which comes. I get mm -hmm. it delivered, and uh, I put a little drop of that. Put the steak on, one minute each side, really hot. Then cool it down, and then one minute further on each side on cooler with butter. And I just baste it with butter. That's it. Done. I love it. Yeah, it's it's hard to beat that. I mean, it's I'm all for speed and efficiency when it comes to cooking. Yeah. So that four minutes, much four minutes. That's it. You can't get much quicker than that. No. Well, and what kind of steak do you get? Ribeye. Yeah, organic grass-fed ribeye. And yeah, uh, ribeye. I don't know, man. I've tried them all. Ribeye is just it's got the most fat. It's just the tastiest. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. It's much better than sirloin. Sirloin's the most popular, I think, in this country. Um, fillet people sometimes buy but it is more expensive but there's no taste of that yeah it's it's funny the the super lean the ultra lean cuts are the most expensive i mean i guess it makes sense like fat is is viewed as a yeah you know waste so people don't want to pay extra for that but but it's the it's the tastiest so i just started I'll on liver less. actually do you eat much uh, organ meat yeah, I try to. I try to do the liver. What I've really been enjoying is uh, liverwurst sausage. So basically, just a, a hodgepodge of different, you know, organ meats made into a, a sausage, and that's just easy. And I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah, I never tried that, but I've been getting this organic uh, from the same place. Everything's organic from this particular place. They deliver it, uh, ox liver, and uh, oh, you like it? Unbelievable. Well, the missus has been cooking it up like a stir fry sort of Chinese style with some hot red chilies in there and uh oh it's phenomenal yeah I, I i do like liver i'll oftentimes you know cut it into strips and then i'll stir fry it like with some scrambled eggs or something but it's not very like high a, fat like though, is it? no no it's it's incredibly lean it's actually got quite a lot of carbohydrates in it as well from mm -hmm. you know the glycogen stored in the liver um so not not from like a carbohydrate source so to speak just from the stored glycogen but i don't typically eat a ton of liver throughout the course of a day, but you know, I'll have one meal every so often, like once or twice a week that that's got yeah. organ meats in it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same. That's what I tried to do. Although it was out of stock this week, it, it seems to, I don't know if they sell a lot of it, but it's not in stock so much. I just don't think that they get much of it because it, it's not popular. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you just have to be careful too, because if you start eating liver from a, a, you know, a source that's not high quality, then I mean that that acts as a filter through all the chemicals that they're eating. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, if you was eating a, a liver from an alcoholic, you wouldn't be uh, doing very well, would you? No, no, not at all, not at all. So I don't know. I've, I've really put an emphasis towards like food quality and sourcing because I think that is the next I mean, level of keto yeah i i totally agree i think this is the difference between keto now and keto or atkin from the 90s that's what we said earlier was that the quality of protein and fat is completely different and uh, i think yeah. that, i think that comes from the paleo movement to be honest because they was the first ones that was was given the organic greens and the quality of that and i think it's just just molding into paleo keto yeah, I, I can agree with that for sure. I mean, the the original like adopters of keto, like in modern times, there's just more of an emphasis on, you know, macronutrients as a standalone. You know, you got to have your fats, not much carbs, regardless of where those fats come from. And that's where the whole like lazy keto stems from, I think, which is just, it's just the wrong approach. Like lazy keto, I mean, do you want to have, you know, optimal performance or do you want to have subpar performance? I mean, that's just a no brainer in my book. Yeah, I mean, the, the the whole carnivore movement is quite uh, interesting to me because I'm a big meat lover, but I've always followed the the keto of moderate protein. And when you're doing carnivore, it's quite difficult to moderate your protein. Mm -hmm. uh, so when I was doing the carnivore the last couple of weeks, I was having half a steak, but quite a lot of butter with it. To get the to get the fat content up, what do you think to that? Keeping it keto. I think that's the best way to do it. I think that's I think if you're doing keto carnivore, 
making sure that you've got enough of a fat ratio there to you know ensure that your your protein's not too high. Eighty-two percent fat. I seem to uh, to like best. To be fair. Yeah, and see the fact that you got as lean as you did, you you're just much more in tune with what your body wants and what your body needs. And so when you say my body prefers 82% fat. Like I take that to heart because you know, cause you're just so much more in tune with your body cause you're at such a deficit and so depleted, you know, there's, there's a lot to be said for that because you actually know what your body's telling you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think for me as well, the higher fat ratio between like 79 and 82%, that's my sweet spot. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I completely agree. Today, if I think I just eat randomly, if I didn't track, and then if I tracked it at the end of the day, I'd, I'd calculate, it, and it would be about eighty-two. <laughs> it just goes that way. Mm-hmm. Oh, I made yeah. these fat yeah, bumps. Made these fat bumps. I've not tried your keto bricks yet, but I made these fat bumps the other day, and oh my god, they was unbelievable. Because I think I'd had, <laughs> well, nothing, <were> they? <laughs> I'd had nothing like that uh, throughout the prep. I, I'm not a sweet tooth person, but. But these ones, I made them with, uh, there's a coconut shop just opened up near me. And everything's organic, but everything's a coconut. And it's really big on the internet now. It's called Cocafina uh, here in the UK. And he, he's doing super well, but it's really high quality coconut product. So I went in the shop and uh, I realized I used to cut his hair like 10, 15 years ago. So we got chatting about that. And uh, he didn't recognize me, actually. I recognized him, but he didn't recognize me. <laughs> so, so I must have changed. But uh, yeah. he gave me the coconut oil, uh, coconut butter. I've never had that before. Have you had that? Yeah, coconut butter and like coconut mana is really, really good. It's it's, it's got like a natural sweetness to it, and the texture yeah. is just, I know, it's really good. So I, so I got a few spoons of that, a few spoons of coconut oil. I melted the coconut oil, poured the other stuff in it, which was almond butter, organic almond butter, coconut butter, uh, raw cacao and some erythritol sweetener and mm-hmm. uh, just stirred it all together put it in some uh, i had some like the hello kitty ice cream molds that the kids had got put it in the freezer <laughs> and uh wow like two hours later it was good to go but i did yeah, what you said the again. next time and i calculated the macros and it was 336 calories per per i guess mini brick that i could call mm-hmm. it <laughs> or kitty brick Kitty Brick. <laughs> there you go. That that sounds nice and manly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, no, the fat bombs are good because like if you have them small enough, then you could just use that as like a macro filler or throughout the day when you eat like a higher protein meal just to kind of bump up that fat ratio a little bit as you go. And that yeah. just kind of helps to regulate things. You know, I always encourage people to, with every meal, try and ensure that your, your fat grams at least meet or exceed your protein gram. That's just going to be a good way to kind of slow the digestion of that protein yeah, and make sure that yeah. you don't have like much of a glucose response. So if you had a massive steak that weighed like 16, you work in ounces, don't you? Like 32 ounces or something, then you would need to be eating, uh, you know, like 200 grams of fat with that, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I always try and add the fat. That's, that's the thing. Like people that are doing carnivore keto and they'll eat a lean cut of meat, like chicken even, and they won't do any added fats because they're trying to just do it just the meat. And it's like, you know, if you're, I mean, you might as well be doing like a bro dieting approach at that point, which is just minimal carbs, super yeah, high protein, yeah. a little bit no fat. Well, I, I think I chatted to a, quite a lot of people at the show, and uh, as you do, and every single person was on that diet. Everybody was on mm-hmm. high protein, low fat, low carb. Um, you know, some guys wasn't even drinking any water and they was having stomach issues. And, uh, it was really, uh, it looks really hard to do that because it was hard for me to go low calorie, but at least I was consuming nice, juicy steak with butter, whereas them poor guys would just be eating dry tuna. Yeah, and, and what's even more than that? I mean, like, I've said this on many podcasts, but when you're doing a contest prep, you're at a lower caloric intake. It's going to be hard. You're going to be hungry no matter what diet you're on. But yeah. the fact that you did it all with keto, I mean, I guarantee your you know, metabolism and hormones weren't near as distraught as any of the other yeah. competitors that were on that stage. Yeah, I definitely. For me, I definitely didn't develop an eating disorder, but I definitely wanted more calories. And that, that, that I've been back a week now. 
and I was eating. I tried to to graduate up, but that didn't work. Uh, uh, my body soon craved three thousand calories. I didn't really go over that. Three thousand two hundred was the most, and then by mm-hmm. day five or six, I was back down again to three thousand. On the carb refeed, it was only two thousand four hundred calories. I didn't want any more. Yeah, so, that, that's that's good. Like <laughs> I, you can almost, you know, a lot of competitors they can just eat and eat and eat, and there's just no, there's no, there's no bottom to, it. there's no cap on it. You can just eat because your leptin and ghrelin hormones are yeah. so screwed up. I think because I ate so boring know. carbs, you know, not not super sweet that it, I didn't want any more. Yeah, and that, that's huge. That's why, like, the worst thing a competitor can do is, as soon as the show's over, go eat a bunch of you know donuts or dessert or something like that. That's just gonna amplify their cravings that much more. Yeah, exactly. And now this morning I weighed eighty point. I can't remember what it was. Eighty point five, but I was only a kilo and a half heavier than the show. And I've been doing three thousand two hundred calories every day and a carb refeed. So that's not much. Now I'm not gonna lie though, we are gonna have to definitely taper your calories back down in the seven and a half <laughs> weeks we have left until this pro show. <laughs> you you yeah, can't go yeah. into that two thousand calories. No. No, well it was two thousand eight hundred today, uh eighty percent fat, zero carb. So uh yeah, I feel good on that. I can taper that down. No, you know I can do it. Yeah, we'll we'll do I just don't want to taper it down too fast. I mean so did you put your we're, we're talking coaching here on the podcast, but did you put your your current macros that you've been eating at surplus into the spreadsheet? No, I didn't put the macros on there. They're on my Instagram quite a lot, but uh, I put the weight. I still put the weight down on the spreadsheet every day. Put your actual macros that you've consumed uh, these these past couple of days in there, and then I'm going to take that into consideration when yeah. I adjust your macros for this week. Yeah, because I still tracked. I, I thought, right, see, I've been tracking for six months straight, dieting. I'm not going to track. I'm just going to eat. And then I got the scales mm-hmm. out, the first meal that I had. <laughs> yeah. And tracked. So it's, I couldn't it's, help it. It's hard, man. Yeah, like it, it's hard. Like you get into the habit. But that, that's a good thing, though, in my opinion. Like as long as it's not like a negative in your mind and you're not like obsessive about it in a negative way. I mean, knowing your foods and tracking with accuracy, I mean, that, that's a good skill to have. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like to... Now cut slices of butter and guess how much it is. And then when I weigh it, it's exactly right. <laughs> I can yeah. look at the butter and then that's 25 grams. Well, it's, it's, I mean, you're all about the butter, man. You, you eat sticks of butter plain. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I do, uh, I do take a lot of saturated fat, to be fair. Um, mm-hmm. I think I just perform better on it. Yeah, I mean, my, my saturated fats, I, I get this question a lot. You know, what, what kind of ratio do you try and shoot for? Of my fats, I think my saturated fat makes up about 70 to 80%. I do yeah. try and have lately been trying more uh, to get more monounsaturated fats in. And you want to have a good balance in your like omega-3 and omega-6 polyunsaturated fats. But yeah, saturated fats are not nearly as demonized as, as people would like to think. Yeah. I told you about, did you get some macadamia nut oil? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't tried it yet in cooking or anything, but you said you put it in like your drink. Yeah, yeah, and I can take it off the spoon. Whatever, it's really, really nice. It just tastes like macadamia nuts, and I love macadamia nuts. So uh, that's a good mono. Yeah, I'll, I'll get some of that, and I don't know if I'll take it off the spoon, maybe. Uh, but yeah, that's a good option. Um, but yeah, just simply having, you know, a balance. Like that's the main thing, man. So many people will get onto a diet, and they they just are so one sided. And I'm all for finding out what works and sticking to what's tried and true. But at some point, you've got to introduce enough diversity that you're giving the body enough, you know, that you're just covering all your bases. You're hedging on all your bets and you're getting everything that your body needs. Yeah, I mean, I just read a book called The uh, the Keto Reset Diet. Well, I, I've not finished that book, actually, you know, by Mark Sisson. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, in his book, his reset diet, they do talk about having carbs strategic carbs every uh they're quite regular with it every like three or four weeks what's your take on that because i know you've been strict for so long and obviously i have but now after yesterday it does change your thinking yeah i i read his book um i personally disagree like i have a a much more extremist take on it in that i just know with certainty that i perform better i think better i function better with keto 
And, you know, from a psychological perspective, it's it's worth it to me to just stay strict keto. And me being, you know, strict keto without any carbs for four years now, there there's no really disparity between the performance I'm sacrificing. Like, I don't think I'm sacrificing any performance. If anything, I think my performance is amplified. But it takes, you know, like I said, four years to kind of get to that degree of adaptation. And it only gets better and better and better with each year yeah. that goes by. So... I'm, I'm kind of playing like the long game. With you. I would definitely have agreed with you until yesterday that um, I didn't try to lift the most I've ever tried. Maybe I will do that, you know, but um, it was interesting. That's all I can say because I felt completely different than before. Yeah, ago. I mean, you, you've got a lot more flexibility there. This is, you got to be careful saying that, though, because like, like I said, people, will, people are lazy. Like People don't want to hear 18 months. And, and not yeah. have carbs in that time. Yeah. People want to hear 18 they, days. They yeah, they do it for a week. And that's it. I can have carbs now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It all, de it all so depends I on your blood levels, as simple as that. If you, you've got a glucometer and your blood is pre-diabetic, then you, you shouldn't be going nowhere near carbs. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And so much of it, man, I mean, it's harder, harder to quantify. But, I mean, a lot of people have like a true legitimate addiction you know, psychologically and emotionally to the carbs. So like, even if their performance suffers a little bit temporarily from not having the carbs, like it, it's worth it if they're able to get their head back, you know? Yeah, I think, you know, because there is pretty much carbs in every single tasty sweet snack, then they're super addicted. You know, it's, uh, and then people are just still so scared of fat. That's the problem. They just think mm -hmm. they're going to have a heart attack and, uh, I think we're going to be around in the next five, 10 years and it's going to change. It might take 20 years, but uh, I think it will definitely change. It's coming. Yeah. And I think honestly, like just, you know, you as a perfect example, you know, 45 years old, looking like you're 25 years old, you know, like you're a post poster boy for keto. And that that's what we need more of because there's not a whole lot of that because few people have done, you know, keto uh, and look as good as you, you know, as old as you are. So I think, I mean, honestly, that's one of my motivations for staying strict keto. I feel like if I stay strict keto for the next, you know, 50 years and I stand up at 76 years old and be like, yeah, I've never done keto or I've never done carbs uh, yeah, in the past yeah. 50 years, you know, look at what I look like now. <laughs> I mean, that, that's yeah, powerful. Yeah. Exactly. For sure. I mean, that that's why also I, I want to promote the keto. I am, last year, I also did a personal training. There. We have a, a level one, two, and three. Level three is a personal trainer that you can teach clients. And I passed that. I literally found my, I thought they haven't even sent me the certificate and uh, was tidying out to a moving house in a couple of weeks. And it was already in the drawer. It's been there a couple of months. Uh, one of the daughters put it in there and I never even opened it. So I, I got my certificate. That's why I entered the show. I thought it's going to be good publicity for the Facebook, for the Instagram to, if I'm going to train people, and teach them and how to diet or, or get on stage. I better do it myself. I don't mm -hmm. want to. I, I don't want to tell people to do it if I'm not prepared to do it. So I thought I'd give it a go, and uh, I only went and won it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, you got the bug now. You're going to be back on stage in seven and a half yeah. weeks. You know, that's the yeah. coolest thing. Yeah, in the pro division, and uh, I'm going to need some keto bricks, man. Hey, I'll get you fixed up, brother. I'll send some your way. Send, send me your UK address. Yeah, we got to get these. Uh, we got to get it big in the UK. This keto thing and and your products, and I'm sure there's going to be many more products as well. Absolutely, man. As long as they're quality products, that's the main thing. A lot of people just bring in subpar quality into the into the space. I don't have time yeah, for yeah. that. I think there is a few good uh, companies out there. I, I've I've tried the perfect keto, and uh, I listened to his podcast, and uh, I've read what he's about. He seems to have the right. Uh, the right way about him and uh, quality uh, products. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. No, I like I like their stuff for sure. It's good quality stuff. I mean, he's got a lot it of is, range of products now, hasn't he? He's got the greens. He's got the pre-workouts. He's got the uh, – it's just brought out an instant coffee, I believe, with with the MCT powder in it. So it's good I haven't to take. seen that one, but I'll check it out. I got an email today from it because I'm obviously signed up to their uh, subscription, but yeah. It only had 10 grams of MCT, though, I think. I thought, oh, wow, I need to put about another 40 in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's kind of funny, man. A lot of these companies, you know, like Electrolytes, for instance, they'll they'll 
downregulate their potassium, uh, you know, contents. And it's like, no, 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 you're, you're going the wrong way. You got you to gotta increase that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Today, what you said, I, I was taking my uh, electrolyte every hour. I took some today, the powder. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why I've had so much energy, though, as well. That's very, very possible. You know, if you yeah. don't have, if you're deficient in that at all, you're going to, it's kind of funny, man. Like you, you, you're deficient and you can't really put your finger on it. You just don't feel optimal. And then all of a sudden it hits, you know, your electrolytes. Yeah. And so many people in the keto space, like they're asking questions and I'm saying, what's your electrolytes like? What's your electrolytes like? And they get repetitive and they just, oh, that's just a cop out answer. But, but no, it's, it's incredibly important. And everybody just says, oh yeah, no, it's okay. I'll take some salt. I take some yeah, salt. Yeah. I, I'm fine. How much potassium do you take? Uh, I, I don't, don't know. One pill. I'm like, what's <laughs> yeah. in the pill? 99 milligrams. I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they have no idea. You can idea. take 20 of those. I, uh, that's what I did wrong. I think that's what everybody does wrong when they start keto is they don't take enough electrolytes. And, yeah. and, you, and you feel terrible. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You, when you get it right, you feel well. And then, yep, the light goes off. So as as with the carb refeeds, I don't know where I'm going to go with that, to be honest. Um, I think I'm going to listen to you. We play it by ear and uh, go from there. Well, what I would like to do, you know, for this next seven and a half weeks is get you, get the, the macros back down in check, you know, get those titrated down and then, you know, apply enough pressure there to get your body to respond. And rather than trying, like we're going to have at least two, if not three, you know, trial refeed weeks, which we introduced the keto refeeds, uh, you know, the day before your show, kind of like what we what we did this past go around. And I want to increase those. Uh, maybe increase those the refeeds. calories in that because that was like 2,450. Mm-hmm. Maybe we bump that up to 3,000. Yeah, exactly. Bump it up, even increase the sodium a bit. We just have to be careful because if we increase the sodium too much, then you'll definitely hold water. And we don't want that because right, then right. you're going to just look washed out on stage. We'll probably have to increase the sodium and then also increase the potassium a bit to kind of regulate that equilibrium. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll we'll have enough time to kind of get you dialed in and figure yeah. out what's going to be. I mean, it just it. shows uh, the only cardio I did to get that lean was the last two weeks, really. <laughs> oh, yeah, it, it's all nutrition, man. Yeah, that was the only. Anyone that thinks cardio, 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 I only did sort of a half an hour at night time the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. If you get everything running along smoothly, that's all you need. Yeah, it was all diet. Yep, hundred percent, one hundred percent. Well, man, I know the next thing you got coming up is this this pro competition. But anything after that? What's what's the next on the horizon? Well, obviously that takes us up until Christmas. We're moving house very soon, so I'm hoping that that goes smoothly in the next two weeks. Because I was worried about that. Um, Taking taking over the the sort of uh, prep that I'm going to need mm-hmm. to do, but just this week of eating now, I've had back to normal calories. I've got it out my system now. Now I'm ready to uh, concentrate, dial it in, and and measure it down, and, and just concentrate. I can't think that much forward before that. We've got Christmas with the kids in the new house, and then you know who knows next year. Who knows? I definitely want to come to America. Um, whether it's the KetoCon, uh, what other big events is there? There's a low carb cruise I was uh, looking into. For me yeah, to bring the cruise, children, you see, we have to go on school holidays, and and it just sort of sometimes doesn't doesn't work with the school holidays because they're quite. You can't take them out of school, basically. Yeah, that, I don't know. I mean, the, the KetoCon is in June, if I remember correctly. Yeah, um, yeah. So that would be during the summer months. They'd be out then, right? Now our kids in England don't even break up until like July twenty second or something. It's really late. But oh wow! I mean, I could come out there alone. That's over in Texas, I believe. Yep, yep, Austin, Texas. Well, you know the the conferences are educational. You can just consider that a extended educational run for the for the kids, and then just uh, yeah. sleep easy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, sure. they're not in school. But I'd love to come out and meet you guys and uh, hook up and go to the gym and. Um, you know, meet Danny and and uh, some of the other keto fellas. He's training with Ben Pakulski now. I mean, I, I follow him as well. He's an awesome trainer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. A lot, a lot of big movers and shakers over here for sure. And we'd, we'd definitely love to have you over here and meet you in person as well. Yeah, no, that would be great. That would be great. I just need to win this uh, world championship now, don't I? Yeah, yeah, man. That's that's the only thing that needs to be on your mind right now. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to do it. I told you that. It'll be good. It'll be good. <laughs> well, I, I will... I will work on your macros right now, man. So until until next time, let's. Uh, I'll, I'll be in touch, obviously, through Slack, getting your macros updated. Um, yeah. But I appreciate you jumping on here for a podcast, man. It's been just a, a simple conversation, but hopefully it's turned into something that yeah. somebody would be interested in listening to. This is my uh, first podcast, but hopefully not the last. It was uh, really fun. Yeah, yeah, for sure, Alan. Well, it's it's a pleasure, man. It's always a pleasure talking to you, brother. I'm, I'm very, very impressed and proud to see what you've been able to accomplish in, in Thanks, man. you know no, very little time as far as keto is concerned yeah i really appreciate your help I, I wouldn't have been able to dial it in that tight because i told you i'd got this but i was down to 2600 calories and you just need somebody to just take you down and push you that little bit because you can't do it alone because mm-hmm. you, you just yeah. don't your mind starts playing tricks on you you start talking talking yourself out of some of the yeah the the pain you well, know? yeah you always want to be in the comfort zone don't you and uh you know mm-hmm. two six is quite low for me so when we went to like one eight that was like oh my god that was uh... <laughs> yeah. yeah but i mean look, look at look at what came of it man you're freaking dice to the bone yeah yeah no it was good it was worth it it was definitely worth it so uh let's do it again brother all right brother well until next time man i appreciate the call bro thanks mate you take, take care, care Alan. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye.